We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? This is the 54th episode of the Bronx Pinstripe Show. We uh, passed 50 pretty quickly, and we're moving on as the season gets closer. This is Andrew Otondi. You can find me on Twitter at Yankees Talk. We've got Scott Reinen. Find him on Twitter at Scott Reinen. Obviously, you can get the website at Bronx Pinstripes and BronxPinstripes.com. We uh, tweet pretty often from that account as well. Scott, did you survive Snowmageddon? Yeah, Snowmageddon didn't hit me very hard. Uh, but I know everybody in Jersey, New York got, got crushed. My sister, I was, I'm actually going to be up at my, in, uh, in Jersey and New York for probably the next week or so. So I'm going to be, uh, hope, I'm hoping everything's melted by that time. So I don't have to help my sister dig anything out. Well, you should call up Francesca cause he loves his snowblower. I heard about this. Did He's you hear Picasso? Did you listen? It yeah, was, yeah. I've listened I heard it to on, it. I actually heard it on Boomer and Carton. Yeah, I've listened to it twice. It's it's fantastic. It's vintage Francesa. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, before that, they always had the snowblower. You know, he's a window thrower. And, they, and now they do. Now, the, now that he actually came on and said that he's a Picasso at the snowblower is amazing. It was perfect radio. I picture him waking up at like 3 a.m., like, like kid on Christmas morning, waiting to use his snowblower, going out, putting his hat on, putting his probably Giants hat on, his Yankees, you know, old time Yankees jacket, and just going out there and blowing snow all over the place. It's a Man, it's a great it's a great sight. It is a good sight, and I kind of picture. I have a different picture in my mind of. I, I see what you're talking about with the with his getup, but I have a vision of him with like the actual snowblower. When I was a kid, we used to go around, you know, and like shovel, and then and then when we got enough money, we we all pulled it together and got a snowblower. It was a piece of junk that we fixed up, and we spray painted this thing silver, like it was this giant snowblower. It was huge. And the muffler was broken and it shot flames out the muffler <laughs> every single time you, it would like hit like a hard piece and it would like struggle. So that's how I picture it. I picture him with like a flamethrower snowblower. So that's like a, a Mad Max snowblower. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That thing was awesome. So with that's, a, I imagine him with the snowblower. With a spray painted number seven for Mickey Mantle on the side. Perfect. How can you go wrong with this? Um, yeah. Well, I, I know New York got hit pretty hard. It was not much snow up here in Boston probably five to six inches, which last year was the complete opposite. Last February, we got like 70 inches of snow. Well, it's not February yet. You yeah, guys are getting, there's, there's still, I feel like the, it's like, it's the, the storm before the storm. I don't know. I just feel like this isn't it. I feel like there's more. Well, people in Manhattan love, I mean, my Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook feeds were just littered with people showing pictures of how much snow they got. There's nothing people love more than tweeting out pictures of snow on their windows or snow on cars or whatever it may be. It, it During a snowstorm, you're going to get thousands of pictures like that. Yeah, and you always get at least 10 of your friends who are using the snow as a cooler and put beer in it. And they feel so proud of themselves. <laughs> like no one they thought put, of that. Yeah, because they put the beer in the snow and it's keeping it cold. Like that's, that's a genius idea. But you get at least 10 of those people who are doing that. It's just too bad the snowstorm happened on a weekend and not like a Wednesday. And you can get a nice little midweek day off from work or something it like sucks that. for everybody because the the kids are in school or the kids are not in school on a saturday obviously nobody's working so yeah when it comes on a weekend i know as a kid if, if a if snowstorm ever came on a weekend i was always bummed out devastated because, yeah because th there's no you don't get a day off so it's pretty much a waste of a snowstorm so yeah i i, I get that and uh it, it was bad timing for them but i think a lot of people had <laughs> today had monday off so why because I know um, my sister, my niece, and my nieces in Princeton had the day off. Oh, still uh, from the from snow. school from school, yeah, from the snow. Oh, well. a lot of the, some of the back roads still weren't plowed. I have friends on on Long Island that had back roads that were not plowed. So yeah, there's uh, there's still I think little areas. And if the school bus can't get to everybody, they can't get to they won't they won't have school. So very true. So we've got some news with the website. You just created a new page on the website. You can find it right from the homepage. It's called Yankees on Twitter. And this pretty much pulls every one of the Yankees players in the minors as well as the majors. And it has all of their, their Twitter feed up on the site. So you can see them all at once. Pretty awesome feature. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's actually a really cool feature. It's, it's cool on mobile. Like It looks good on mobile. But if you're on mobile, I mean, you can be on Twitter at that point because it really doesn't look too much different. There's not a lot of room to do things when you're on, on your phone. But if you're on your computer at home or if you're on a laptop and you go to uh, Bronx Pinstripes 
the the Yankees on Twitter page. It's if you look in the navigation bar on the top, it's under NYY Social because we're gonna have one for Instagram as well. But it's anyway, it's all the Yankees on Twitter. It's everybody who's on Twitter that plays for the team, and it's basically just a, a feed of everybody on on that page. It, it spans the whole page and and it refreshes I think every fifteen seconds. So it's up to date. You can actually interact blow up the pictures and do everything right from uh, the Bronx Pinstripe site. So it's actually really cool. And we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing Yankees chat uh, directly on that page a lot during this season too. So definitely check it out. Bookmark it. It's a, it's, it's actually easier to follow the Yankees on that page than it is on Twitter. You can stay up to date on everything that A-Rod is tweeting. Did you see what he tweeted today? I saw you post a a video. (laughs) I didn't see the video. He tweeted out a picture of him doing exercises on the beach and there's somebody running behind him. And it reminds me so much of the Rocky three training montage. It's hilarious. There's someone running behind him, like holding a parachute. Is uh, a parachute holding, you know, holding like uh, like a, one of those workout rubber bands. Where oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's yeah. attached to him, so he's it's for resistance. But nice. Uh, yeah, A Rod. A Rod is going beast Corp? mode. Is that an A Rod Corp intern? It probably is. I checked <laughs> back with I checked back to arodcorp.com just to see if they updated the website at all. They have not. So we still are sitting on uh, pins and needles before we can figure out what A Rod Corp actually does. And they did not reach out to me, so we are not. We are not. We have no involvement of building their website as of yet. So yeah, I've and, got email. And I guess my resume got lost in the mail because I haven't heard back either. We got some new designs, new T-shirt designs coming out in the fan shop. I saw you. You just uh, put out a new one. It's meet me at the bat. It's a picture of the old Yankee Stadium bat, which was an old smokestack that they put uh, sort of. Uh, uh, a band around to look like a grip on a bat, and that that was a pretty popular meeting spot before a game. So that was a pretty cool one that you created. Yeah, I mean, it was like the meeting spot. Everybody was meeting me at the bat, and uh, well, if you weren't started, meeting at Billy's, you were meeting at the bat. the The bat was a just a to me it was a, a landmark for for Yankee Stadium. Um, you know, growing up, that was a, the place where we would go uh, to meet up. And and I know I know that like ninety five percent of Yankee fans have met at the bat at some point in their life. So, yeah, I actually started to do – I'm taking more of a, a hands-on approach to a lot of these T-shirts. I have a million really good ideas for Yankees fans that Yankees fans – probably only Yankees fans would get, which I really like. And I'm starting to draw a lot of these out uh, by hand. So I'm going to put up a blog post as well about kind of the process uh, of drawing this thing out and then uh, getting everything to, to print. And we're going to have probably a pre-sale either next week or the following week for, for that guy. Um, but yeah, I, I'm redesigning the online storefront, so the fan shop will be completely have a complete makeover. We're gonna have a, a lot more designs this year in the shop, and a lot more, a lot of other things other than T-shirts that you'll be able to get prints. Um, and then we're partnering with some people to get some other stuff too. So yeah, it's gonna be really cool. We're definitely stepping it up with that. We want to give Yankee fans uh, just some some custom stuff that they wouldn't see in like a big box. The the Jeter shirt, the captain shirt that I have, is my go-to shirt when going to a big game. I think the Yankees record over the since I've had it, I think they're five and one in games that I've gone to. And the one game that they lost was our outing last year, in which they got they got killed by the Blues. Uh, the Ivan no- uh, Ivan Nova. So that might be yeah. your fault, the fact that you were there and not actually the shirt's fault. Yeah, that's fine. You can blame me. I'll take the heat on that one. That's cool. 
Um, but yeah, no, that's a that was a good shirt. The uh, the game over shirt. The Met are still today the the most popular shirt that we've sold is the uh, and that we made is the game over shirt, the Mariano Rivera shirt. But I think Meet the Bat, Meet at the Bat's gonna rival it because um, I want. I just think people like that style. It's it's got a cool style. And uh, once I, I add some details and stuff to it on the computer as well, and ends up being pretty neat. You might need to be like 16 or 17 years of age or older to get it, though. That's okay. See, to me, if you don't get it, then that, that's fine. Then, then don't wear the shirt. I only want people who get it to wear the shirt, obviously. So, but you want I, everybody to buy the shirt. I want everybody to buy the <laughs> shirt and then give it to somebody who's older than you who will get it. No, but yeah, it'll, it'll be... I think it'll be one of the more popular ones because I think most people will get it. But yeah, so that one, uh, I'm pumped up for that one. And then just a couple other things that are just to kind of, that are coming up for the site that I want you guys to keep an eye on. We're starting to do this year in 2016, we're going to be doing featured columnists. That means we're going to have five writers on Monday through Friday. Each, each of these guys is going to have their own day and it's going to be more of an opinion piece based around the Yankees. It could be something about current, so something about you know league rules. It could be something about the history of the Yankees that ties into today. You know, the, the topics are, are going to be very, very wide open, but we are going to have five featured columnists this year to, uh, to put those out. So I'm excited about that. And I know uh, we're going to be working with the Yes Network on, on some stuff with those as well. Um, and I, then, will be, I will be one of those And then five. Andrew, yes, Andrew will be one of the five. Rich Kaufman will be uh, one of them as well. And then um, RJ, RJ Lubier, who's been on the show. And then uh, two more guys that we will, that are, that are newer to the site. Uh, Drew and Adam will also be uh, rounding up the, the columnists. And then I the feel final like a real newspaper writer now. I know. I have deadlines. Excited. I have deadlines now. You will have a deadline. It'll be good. And then the last piece of the, the site, if you, if, you can't, if you haven't noticed, we're putting a lot of effort into the website, getting everything going, uh, because we want this to be really a, a giant hub for Yankees fans, and it's, it's really becoming that, which is, which is awesome. Uh, but we're going to have forums that are set up in there so we can kind of get a little bit more uh, of a deeper conversation with some of the things that we bring up on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. And uh, we're also going to be partnering with Pinstripe Prospects, who's going to be doing a lot of their farm system uh, conversations on there too. So that'll be cool. These guys are really plugged into the farm system. Yeah, they were on and, one of our podcasts probably a month and a half, two months ago. Yes, exactly. And we will have them on uh, in the future again. While we do cover some of the, the, the prospect stuff on Bronx Pinstripes, these guys really dive into it and they know just everything about every single prospect, which is, which is good to have. So those guys will be partnering us with, on the forums and you'll see a lot of their writers in there as well. So uh, it'll be a cool place to talk Yankees baseball. And last but not least, what do we got for spring training? Last but not least, I will be down in spring training. Um, you're, you're possibly going down. I know Rich Kaufman will be down. Possibly a few more writers will also be down in spring training. We're going to be down there uh, March 10th through the 13th. So it's the second week in March, second week of spring training. And, yeah, I, you know, we're going to put together something, some kind of a meetup. We'll meet up at a bar or outside the game or something. I don't know. We'll figure that out when the, when the time comes a little closer. But if you are going to be in, uh, in Tampa – during, during that time, March 10 through 13, uh, just hit us up. Let us know. And, uh, yeah, we'll put something together. Yes, I, I, I really do want to go. I just need the flights to come down just a little bit. I am not made of money like you, Scott. So I, I need them to come down just a little bit so I can go to spring training. You got to play with those money trees in your backyard like I have. <sighs> Damn it. Can you give me the seats? <laughs> Lots of good stuff uh, with the website, so very excited about that. I uh, I have some ideas for those that weekly column, so I'm going to get those nice. spinning. Um, 
All right, so let's get into it. We're going to stick with this formula from last week where we talk baseball and Yankees, and then we'll hit on football. Football's almost over, so everyone out there who doesn't want the football talk only has to listen to it for a couple more weeks. But Well, football's over for you now, right? Yeah, we'll get to it's that It's completely later. over. We don't have to hear about that anymore. We'll get to that later. Okay. Um, all right, so the news with baseball, uh, Cespedes re-signs with the Mets. Three years with an opt-out after the first year. So he could treat this like a one-year contract. He's getting, I think, $25 million for the one year. If he puts up a, a solid year, um, he can hit the free agent market again, and he won't have to compete with Upton and uh, Hayward. So he might get his five-, six-year deal then. Um, obviously, Mets fans are happy because... Let's face it, without Cespedes in that lineup, that lineup is is garbage. So, And they also lost uh, Daniel Murphy. So they definitely needed Cespedes. But there were some rumors that his agents reached out to the Yankees. Uh, that was probably just to, to uh, you know put the Mets' hand to the fire. I know he also maybe had a, an offer from the Nationals for five years. I kind of don't buy that because... Why would he turn down a five-year deal? But uh, all we know is he will be playing in Queens next season. There's there's so many elements to this. The the fact that he floated out that he wants to be a New Yorker's agent floated that he wants to be in New York and that they were getting in touch with the Yankees to kind of see where they were if there was a you know an opportunity that they'd be interested in signing him. I just think it's very interesting the whole five-year deal. I'm not sure I believe all of these things that are that are being talked about. A lot of this could just be agent rumors floating stuff to gain leverage and in all honesty it worked. It worked the he got he got the contract well, it worked to an extent. No, I think it worked very well for him because you said 25. It wasn't the first year 27? I, I thought it was 27. Okay. But no, uh, I think it's the second season is might be 27 and a half to entice him to stay or something like that. I'm not sure. Either way, it's a very large it's a very large overpayment for a one year on Cespedes. No doubt, it's overpayment for three years too, in in my opinion. But he so he's guaranteed this three years of this of his exorbitant contract. But if he comes out and puts up this year. He's got, again, he, he has the ability to either go out to, to see what he can get when people know what he's going to make next year if he opts in or if he opts, if he stays in the contract. There's a lot of things that can happen for him. I think he puts himself in a really good position. Um, I, I don't know. The, the Yankees, I don't think we're ever serious about this. You know, we put something up because it was, a, it was, it was floated out there, and, and it's, at that point it's news, and we got to talk headline. about these things. It's, it is a juicy headline. And you know what I mean? Like if people are – if there's national reports out there that this is going on, then maybe there is some some truth to it, and you never know. The Yankees have done things like this in the past, where they've jumped out of, they've come out of nowhere and signed people. So um, I just didn't think it was a good fit. Good for the Mets. The Mets needed this guy. They really did. They needed this big bat in that lineup to, I was just gonna to say, really justify it. Are you? Uh, is I don't know about you, but a, a tiny part of me was proud of the Mets for re-signing him. See, there's such a there's such a hatred on the Mets side for for Yankee fans, but the majority of Yankee fans that I know, I mean, I know some that just cannot stand the Mets and, and completely despise them. But I think the overwhelming thinking of the Mets is like, good job, little buddy. I'm glad you got your your guy. I hope you guys do well. Good luck. That that type of attitude. That's that's always been my attitude. Maybe it's because they've never been really a threat in my like, I don't know, in my baseball career except for 2000. Well, that wasn't much of a threat, <laughs> right? You know, so I, I don't know. I, I, to me, I think when the when both teams are good, it's more fun, in, in my opinion. I for, thought this summer for the New York, for New York going at it. This past summer for New York baseball was fantastic. I mean, every night there was a big game in the city, so I think that sort of buzz is good. Good for the city, good for baseball when you have big market teams in it. And 
like I said a minute ago, without Cespedes, the Mets were going to really struggle to score runs. I mean, they struggled at times with Cespedes to score runs, but without him, they would have been screwed. So, so definitely good, good for them for for resigning him. Does and like you said, if, if you're a Yankees fan between you know anywhere in your twenties. The Mets have never been a threat to the Yankees. They've never won while you were really, you know, in in baseball. I mean, they won in 86. I wasn't even born in 86. So, and I don't really have a ton of hatred for the Mets uh, like some other people might. Well, not to mention, I mean, honestly, this past year, the, the Mets had an exciting year. And their fans were obnoxious and loud all year long. Like, they were just out there talking, which is fine. You know what I mean? Like, that's cool. You should. You have a good team at that point talk it up but I kind of like that because to me that that pumps me up more I want my team to to um, you know excel even more than they do and and yeah. get to a, a, a higher pinnacle so you know I think it's it kind of smacks the Yankees fans uh, you know kind of pumps us up a little bit too because because now the fact that there is someone else in the city that's doing well is you know I don't know just more competition and I love competition so totally and by no means am I rooting for the Mets Oh no, I'm not rooting for the Mets, but I know to, some to Yankee, say that I wouldn't wouldn't enjoy a Subway Series would be completely wrong because I would. I think it would be a lot of fun. Some Yankee fans on Twitter were throwing it out there once the Yankees were bounced from the playoffs, which was pretty early, that they were looking for the Mets to win, and I and I was certainly not one of those people. But but uh, this does not bother me much. Um, some other news is that the DH might be coming to the National League, which might be good for Cespedes down the down the road in the National League. Um, so there's been some rumors that it's gaining momentum with the uh, with Manfred, and uh, it's going to be addressed at the next CBA. So we could see the DH in the National League as early as 2017. I don't know your opinion on this. Uh, are you a a, a pro DH or, or not a DH guy? I am a pro DH guy. I have grown up with American League Baseball my whole life. I I, I don't like watching National League Baseball because of the, it's not that I don't like watching National League Baseball. I don't like watching the pitcher hit. To me, it's just a waste of an at-bat. The, and the you're also of, always afraid. At least I'm always afraid our pitchers are going to get hurt. Right. Well, and the game of baseball right now, the the way that the I don't know younger people are watching the game, to me they need more more people that are competent at the position that they're playing. And, and, and that is one half of the pitcher when they're, they're hitting the ball. Like a lot of these guys, some of, I mean, you have your, your, your rarities with, with guys who can hit, but Madison most Bumgarner of them are hitting grand slams all over the place. But the majority of these guys can't, you know, don't even scratch 100. Sure. You know what I mean? So you want, you want a guy in there who can actually hit the ball, give yourself uh, another chance to score, um, you know, I, I see that a lot of the baseball purists don't like the DH at all. They like the fact that there's more small ball. It's more there's a lot more strategy, I think, in National League Baseball because of the double switching and because of the fact that you do have your nine hitter as your pitcher. So there's a lot of different different situations that come into play without the DH. But I don't know. I think the way that the game is progressing and that the way that the audience is progressing, people want to see more action. And that just just to me, it's a no brainer. And they're going to move to the DH at some point. Well, first of all, I think it's ridiculous that the leagues are different. In no other, the National League in Major League Baseball is the only league in baseball in the entire country that doesn't have a DH. That includes Little League, uh, or not Little League, sorry, uh, college, um, you know, all of the minor league systems, uh, AAU ball, all that stuff. So it's pretty ridiculous that you get to the National League at the Major League level and all of a sudden you're hitting if you're a pitcher and you haven't done it ever. 
Well, I, especially with all the interleague play, with the amount of times we play National League teams now, right. it's, it's it definitely stupid. puts the AL at a disadvantage. But I think even stupider than the fact that they're different is that they have not just agreed on something, whether that's a DH for both leagues or no DH at all. Just agree on something. I would be fine if they just took the DH, DH out entirely. I just know that's not going to happen because that takes away big paychecks from a lot of guys who can't play the field. David Ortiz would not have a career if it weren't for the DH. And he's been making 15, 17 million bucks for the last 10 years, a year. Yeah, the so, Players so Association would never let it happen. Never going away. Um, I like I like American League Baseball. Obviously, I'm a Yankees fan. But I, I do see the, the allure of National League games. They're quicker. All National League games are always over by 10 o'clock, whereas the Yankee games routinely go to 10.45. And, you know, <laughs> I watch every game. That, that does get a little tiring sometimes. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that is a, I, I guess that's, that's a consideration, the length of the game, because you actually have nine good hitters instead of eight good hitters, or maybe eight good hitters. But, you know, I, I just, with the, amount, with the amount of people that, uh, you know, that are, that are being employed because they can hit and hit well and, and it lengthens their career, I just don't see them getting rid of it. And totally. I agree with you. I think they are going to make everything the same at some point because of the way interleague play is now just scattered. I mean, it would, be, it would be one thing if it was old school and we were not playing the National League until the World Series, but that's not the case anymore. Every night there's, a, there's an interleague game. Right. I mean, I personally kind of liked it the other way, where we never saw that team until the, the World Series. It was more of a, a you know an unknown, and I thought that was kind of cool. But whatever, that's not the case anymore. So to me, it's a it's a moot point uh, as far as, as that's concerned. And I think they're going to put the DH in the National League. It's it, it, whether it's next year or in the near future. Well, at least we get to see Bartolo Colon hit in 2016. That's a you, treat for everybody. That is a treat. Um, all right, so let's get into some Yankees talk here. And we got a Twitter question right before the show from Joey Z. McFly, who I think we've gotten a question from before. So appreciate the, uh, the question, Joey. Uh, or Joe, not Joey. Um, he says, am I the only one that thinks the Yankees and Angels are a match for a trade? What's it going to take to get us Andrew uh, Heaney? Perfect guy, No. So he's talking about the lefty, Andrew Heaney, on the Angels. The Angels are looking for outfield help because uh, they have Trout and pretty much nobody else. That whole experiment signing, um, crap, what's his name? Hamilton. Hamilton to, to big money. Did not work. Totally backfired. He stunk. They basically had to give him back to, to Texas. Which I still don't understand how, why that happened. <laughs> I know, in division. That's, that's a totally different topic. But like, why, why would you pay the contract, do everything for this guy? Like, oh, no problem, man. No problem. We'll also pay you. I don't know, how much did they have left on that contract? <clears throat> like $50 million, something stupid. Yeah. And we're going to give you to our division rival to go out there and beat us and succeed and then win the division and move into the playoffs and it, make you a better team. But that goes to show you how much of a, a clubhouse you know, problem he probably was. Then sit his Bring ass the down. down. Then sit him down. Don't, don't trade him. There's always a bottom line, though. There's always a, a dollars and cents bottom line. I know, but they're paying him the whole thing. No, much. not the whole thing. No. Practically the whole thing. It's, it's a giant amount of it. Anyway, we, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the question was, are they a perfect fit? And kind of, yeah. I mean, this, the, the pitcher that they – the Andrew Heaney kid, I don't really know a lot about him. I know uh, he was up for, what, 100-plus innings this past year? Yeah, and the, the year before that, he basically just was um, made a few starts. I believe he was a September call-up. Okay. 
So I don't know too much about the guy, but I do know just from looking at him and and just doing a little bit of research on the guy, he's he's controlled. Uh, I think for for the next three or four years, he's he, so he's got a controlled contract. He's 24 years old. He's a lefty starting pitcher who throws, you know, has a good good breaking stuff and is uh, in the low 90s. So to me, uh, a controlled 24 year old lefty with major league stuff. Is, is a no-brainer. That's a guy you want to have on your team. And that's the type of guy that Cashman seems to be looking for, the young, controllable, starting pitching. And the fact that they need somebody in the outfield, a la Brett Gardner, yes, it actually does make a lot of sense. It makes a, a, a ton of sense, that type of trade. So I agree with you. I agree as well. And you're right. He's not arbitration eligible until 2018. So he's still locked up for a long time. But if you're the Angels, are you trading away a young left-handed starting pitcher who's only 24 years old for Brett Gardner? Well, you know, they're at a point right now where they are, are they, do they think they can win with another offensive piece? I mean, do they have the depth? I don't know what their system is like. Well, they're if probably they have in, AAA. they've got to be in win-now mode. I mean, Pujols is getting much older uh, really fast. So they right. don't have much longer with Pujols uh, being a productive hitter. And he was pretty productive last year. Yeah, he adding had a Gardner, good year. definitely had about adding in Gardner as a leadoff hitter. You know, you know, you you have Gardner, uh, Trout, and and Pujols in that lineup. That's a pretty solid lineup, or at least the top of the lineup. Um, but I mean, to give up a young starting pitcher, I, I I feel like the Yankees would have to give them something else in addition to Gardner to get uh, a young starting pitcher back. Yeah, but to me, the it is a move that the, if the Angels are trying to win right now and, and they're in the win now mode, like you're you're talking about, they they absolutely would I think give you know make this make this type of trade because Gardner is a, a piece that that could put you over the top, um, or at least the you know in it conceptually could put you over the top with a speed guy, Gold Glove. So it's a it's a very good complement piece to what they have, and I know that they have a lot of young pitching, and I know they have a pretty good system. I don't know exactly who is in their system, but um, I think they have some some starting pitching there. So you know, it's definitely it's definitely an intriguing move, and I think just on the surface, it looks like a good you know two good partners for for a transaction. I'm just not I'm just not convinced that the Yankees are actually you know that that motivated to get rid of Gardner at this point. I think you know they floated him to to a certain team's looking for that one guy or that you know for something in particular and they didn't get it so i think they're holding on to him at this point yeah if you give up gardner your outfield is gonna you're gonna have some problems in the outfield next year because how do how can we count on aaron hicks to play a full-time role i don't think they can well, and I don't think that's I get there. I don't think that's I think that's the issue. I don't think they're bringing him over to play a full time role. I think because of his versatility, they want him to be that guy that can play different positions. Hundred percent. But if you trade Gardner, he would have to be a five time a week player. I, I I'm totally agreeing with you. I think that's that's exactly right. Um, I guess the only thing thinking about that, if you're looking at the guys behind him and that are not on the that are not in the starting rota- or starting lineup and have been in AAA, but like guys like Slate Heathcott uh, could be could be a, a person that, that might be able to you know fill in there. So who knows? Having said that, I, I think I still would do that trade if I'm Brian Cashman. And this is we're totally making this up. We're just sort of you know it was a Twitter question, so we're just sort of spitballing here. But I think if I were Brian Cashman and it's a one for one deal, I do make that that trade, even though it does hurt you in the outfield. I think getting a young starting pitcher is, is more valuable, especially to this team. I would make the trade too. As yeah. much as uh, I love Gardner and that the fact that he's a homegrown dude, this is a move that helps the Yankees out. Not only immediately, I think, because I do think there's guys who can step up in his role, that I think this is a, a, a very solid long-term move for the Yankees. 
Totally. Um, Chapman is not going to face charges. This has been floating out there pretty much since the Yankees got him. You know, what's going to be the decision? This is the court decision uh, on Chapman. He's not going to face charges for the domestic violence issue, um, which I think happened, what, in early November? Um, it totally scared away the Dodgers, so they they backed out on that trade. His price dropped immensely. The Yankees swooped in. Cashman got him for, for basically peanuts. Um, and the Steinbrenners said, you know, we, we evaluated the situation. They, they knew the risk they were, they were taking in trading for Chapman, but, and, and this is something that you don't hear people say, or at least you don't see much in, in, in our society anymore. But he said, innocent until proven guilty. I mean, when, when does that ever happen in the public eye anymore? It's always guilty until you're proven innocent. And then still it's like, oh, you've got a stain of guilt on you. Um, whether it's uh, anything in sports or, or you know, like we saw the making a murderer thing. I'm not comparing the two issues, but it's always <laughs> guilty until proven innocent, not the other way around. Well, especially in the world of social media, the digital age, you're 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 already tried in the court of social media and social opinion, and and it's harsh. Yeah, it's a harsh. Yeah, it's, court. it's brutal, dude. Twitter's <laughs> way worse than 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 anything than like a you know a, a jury of your peers. Twitter is not your peers, and they don't like you. They immediately hate you, and they will just crush you. So yeah, so yeah, the, the fact that he is uh, you know you're you're guilty until proven innocent is basically the truth. But. Um, yeah, I mean it's good news for the Yankees, uh, it, and maybe it, it just kind of leads to, leads to the fact that the situation, um, you know, wasn't what we thought it was. Who knows? I, I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, but talking about the Yankees, it's good news, and Chapman should be on the field. I mean, I don't think Manfred really has. I don't really understand how you could suspend a guy that there's no charges being done unless you're just unless you know have more information and you're going to and you're going to suspend them for something else but if it is if there is a suspension that's looming i don't think it's going to be a very long one at all like under 7 day, under 7 games i would say oh yeah i think 7 would be a lot at this point i could see it being like a 3 game suspension yeah but or even like then a, what's the point of that or 5 and then argue it well for a reliever that's 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 no i mean on the major league baseball level and manfred's point why would you do a 3 to 5 game what is that proving well it, because saying, because it's at three least, games because you may you put your hands on a girl well, three but, games for that it, but it's more saying we're not tolerating anything i know you but it's were, three games that that is tolerating it to me well, that's that's my point like i don't think that's why i think they're not going to suspend him unless it's lengthy it's either lengthy or it makes no point to me to me manfred's got to make a point with these things right like if he's gonna go out and just be soft with something, then you might as well not do it, and just and then just hang your hat on the fact that there were no charges. <clears throat> I don't I know. I, 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 as a new as a new uh, as a new um, <laughs> commissioner, commissioner. Thank you. God, that was like GM commissioner. As a new commissioner, you know he's he's now making his mark. So I think the everything that he does is gonna be scrutinized even more because nobody knows what to expect from him. So to me. You know, you run the risk if you give a guy like this a very small suspension, it's going to make more news than whereas if you don't give him a suspension and you just hang it, there were no charges. That's that's kind of my opinion because you're if, if you do give him something, you're saying he did something wrong. It's just it, we haven't seen this before, so we don't know. Right. This is the first instance of it under the new agreement uh, with the players. So so we don't know. This sort of sets the stage for everything going forward, um, and. A lot of times you're going to not see people charged because there's uh, – let's face it. A lot of times the, in these situations, the women are paid off. I'm not saying it happened now, but that does happen and then they drop the charges. That doesn't right. mean the guy is innocent. 
So Manfred still has to make a decision. So yeah, that's true. Um. <clears throat> so uh, some other Yankees news, and <laughs> this talking about Twitter. This this kind of blew up on Twitter last week when Hal Steinbrenner said he's not comfortable with the payroll going any higher than it currently is, and everybody, all Yankees Twitter was freaking out. Even though they're spending over $200 million, their payroll for the 40-man roster, if nothing changes between now and the start of the season, is $206 million, which is the second highest only to the Dodgers, who are pretty much paying like a billion dollars because they're paying half of the Marlins team as well. Um, What's funny is the timing of the of the when this broke out when he said this said this was within a day or two days of when they announced the new Delta sign that's going to be in right field and they just showed a picture of it on I think over the this, there was a, I don't know I saw a picture of it somewhere of uh, the new Delta sign that's going to be in right field and they're like oh made new major sponsor Delta Airlines <laughs> and then we're like oh we're not spending any more money we have no money but we're gonna put this nice big sign of Delta Airlines in right field. Yeah, it's uh, Araldus Chapman brought to you by Delta Airlines. Exactly. Yeah, and and they're not, but we're very comfortable with where we are. They gave us enough money where we're very comfortable. But, you know, there's a lot of money. I I think what this means is that they just don't want to put anything on the books at this point until the guys, a lot of these big contracts come off. And... You know, we'll we'll see some spending at that point. I think once once the you know the texts and the Beltrons come off the books, Tashera and Beltron coming off the books after this year, and then A Rod and CC the following year. That's uh, I didn't do the math, but I'm trying. It's a to lot think. of money. It's, like it's 90, a lot of millions. I think it's like ninety million. It's a lot of millions. Yeah, eighty or ninety million, something crazy. So yeah, I mean they they can go out and get Bryce Harper. Yeah, or they can invest it for the time when Bryce Harper gets out, so it can. They'll need to triple that money for that. Won't Harper be a free agent after CC and A Rod are gone? After CC and A Rod, yeah, it's seventeen. Yeah, going, in, so going 18. into the eighteen season, right? Yep, yeah. perfect timing. I, I think fans overreacted about this. I, I I was kind of overreacting as a joke. I honestly was not mad at all. I think the Yankees ownership always has spent money since. George Steinbrenner owned the team. I've never once questioned their desire to win. And I mean, are we mad because we're not number one in payroll? Who gives a shit? No, it's stupid. but but it's not that we're not that we're not number one. But hearing your owner say we don't want to spend any more money when ticket prices are really high and beer right. costs twelve bucks and a hot dog costs nine bucks and it's like, I could see why that rubs fans the wrong the wrong way. Yeah, I get it. I do get it. And, you know, the fact that the, the new Yankee Stadium has really turned into more of a corporate stadium and it, there's just a lot of the the uh, the allure of the old stadium is gone and you're just seeing you, – I feel like you see dollar signs everywhere you turn in that in that place. And you just – there's a lot of greed going into it. So I get it. The fact that there's a giant greed sign now in right field doesn't help matters. It's, it's one of those things where it's like I know it's that you're thinking that, but just don't tell me it. Uh, it's right. It's just I don't want to hear my own the owner of my my favorite team say that is really the case. Um, but 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 I I do un- understand his standpoint and I agree. I don't think I don't want them. I didn't want them to go out and sign um, Hayward for 180 million dollars or Justin Upton for 130 million dollars. I I would have disagreed with those signings. Um, 
or price for whatever. Well, and just given 200. the position of the team right now, I mean, people are forgetting the fact that we have these big name guys and these giant contracts that are not living really up to their contracts right. at this point, but they're still on the books. And, you know, we were excited when they happened, but we knew that the back end of these contracts were going to be a little bit brutal. So that's kind of what we're experiencing at this point. And to their credit, they are still fielding very competitive teams. They're getting younger. And they're they're making good moves to to move the team forward in a positive way. We're not rebuilding by any means. The the back end of these contracts is not a rebuild time. There's still a lot of firepower that's being brought into this team. So, honestly, I think Brian Cashman's doing a very good job with what he's got with these heavy contracts that are sitting there. Yeah, it's again just how maybe next time keep it to yourself. <laughs> um, so what would you think about the freak Tim Lincecum being in pinstripes next year? You know, so we touched on this last week where we're talking about the guys that are still on the free agent market, the pitchers. We I think we named four or five guys. And Lincecum was one of the guys that that, you know, we know is out there and uh I don't think we the, mentioned him though. Did we not? I thought we did. Maybe maybe we didn't. The news is is that he's gonna be putting on uh there's an article on Bronx Pinstripes today, Monday, that the the freak is putting putting on a workout in February, and the Yankees have contacted his agent basically to say that they want they were just interested, just kind of feeling it out, and that's all this is. In me, they're going to send some guys to see what he's got, to see what he's doing, to see if he's healthy. They're going to put him through a physical. They want to see if he's healthy because he had surgery, he had hip surgery, I think, right? Um, so they, they just this is kind of a just a check in to see what what he's got, and it would be a probably a one year incentive laden deal. Oh yeah, so, I mean the guy so, hasn't really been very good since 2012. Right. Uh, he, he's, and he's pitched he, out of the bullpen too. Yeah. You, His body broke down entirely. He had a very weird herky jerky wind up. Probably caused a lot of issues in his body. He was small to begin with. It, it, he was called the freak literally because you couldn't figure out how the guy was throwing 97 miles an hour, and and stuff just happens. He breaks down. I I mean if he he's a name at this point. I know it'll get people excited about oh, Tim, Tim Lincecum coming in to to Yankee Stadium, but I don't think he would even. I, I I can't even see him winning a game for them next year. No, but you know it's an interesting storyline, and it's one of those guys I think that also could be brought in on a a minor league deal to see what he's got in spring training. We definitely talked about that sure, last week. Absolutely, uh, of of you know giving a, a guy a basically a tryout. Uh, kind of a short-term thing in spring training. So, you know, I mean, you never know. I mean, he's been – maybe it's been injuries and the the latest round of surgery or whatever he's got. I don't know his specifics on, you know, what procedures he's had done. But, you know, maybe he's – he can't be that old. What is he, 31, 32, if that? Yeah, uh, I don't know exactly. He's, he's in his he's early not, 30s. He's not he's, old, no. He's not an old dude. So maybe a couple years off that, you know, he's not, he doesn't have a lot of innings on his arm over the past three years. So maybe that's maybe that's helped him out and uh, he can come back and kind of have a, a resurgence. I mean, look, Scott Casimir was out for a while. I, I thought Scott Casimir was done four years ago. That's a good point. And dude, dude has come back and, and had, you know, a, a good career towards the end. So he, he turned it around, uh, at, you know, that you know overcame some injuries so you know we've seen that in the past yeah that's a, that's a, actually a pretty good comparison um and, and look at i was looking at tim Lincecum's stats today just because of the news and those first four years of his career were were some of the best ever um you know sandy koufax type numbers for four years but just couldn't last um all right, so we have a mailbag, and I'll let you read it because of the first two sentences. I cannot say those words. So why don't you hit, uh, read that mailbag? 
This is from Julio. Thanks, Julio. I appreciate you writing in. This was like at the buzzer, too. This is perfect. No Patriots. It feels so good. No uh, Patriots. It feels so good. He only wrote it once. There are a lot of Yankees fans that have never been to Yankee Stadium. What do you suggest doing in order to maximize the experience? Taking the tour before the game, best affordable seats, and what do you absolutely have to eat uh, while you're there? Thanks, and keep up the great work. So thanks, Julio. I appreciate you coming, and or appreciate you sending that in, and thank you for those first two lines so that I could read it. That was perfect, and I can't wait to talk about that. Um, so yeah, there are a lot, I know there's a lot of people who listen to the show that have, uh, you know, either emailed in or, or just hit us up on social media that are not in the New York area that have not been to a game and are looking for that one opportunity to go to a game. So Andrew, what is your, I have some ideas of, uh, you know, I would, where I would steer people, but w- what would you suggest? So about the tour, I'm assuming he's talking about the monument park. Yeah. Um, you got to get there early if you're going to do that. I've done. I did Monument Park at the old stadium, but I actually did it on an off day, and I took a tour of the stadium. I got to go on the field, you know, walk the warning track, sit in the dugout, and they take you through Monument Park. Uh, I would actually suggest if you're going to take a trip to to New York, um, maybe do that if if the team's out of town, and then they're going to come in into town like the next day, uh, because you got to get there very early if you're going to do a tour beforehand. Um, but it's definitely cool. It's one of those things. you got to see Monument Park. Um, I haven't seen the new one. I would like to see it. Um, <clears throat> we always, you know, I, you know, we always like to go out to the bars beforehand, Billy's or Stan's or, or one of those bars right uh, in back of the stadium. Um, that's always a good time. Definitely recommend doing that. Uh, the, the more time you can spend not spending $12 on a beer, the better. <laughs> so, so that's, that's pretty much my opinion on it. Um, and then, uh, for food. So the new Yankee stadium is pretty good for food. It doesn't compare to the old Yankee stadium. That's probably the only thing I like better about the new Yankee stadium. Um, and I, I was doing some research because, I always end up getting because we always usually go in like ten minutes before the game, so it's pretty much whatever line is the shortest and will will allow me to see first pitch. I'll, I'll get, but I do love cheesesteaks, um, which I believe uh, Carl's right or NYY Steak does the cheesesteaks. And I found out I have not been to it, but Parm has a stand in the Great Hall at Yankee Stadium, which I'm definitely checking out this coming season. Are you familiar with Parm? No, I'm not. It's a, a restaurant on the Upper West Side. It's an Italian restaurant. My girlfriend actually lives in walking distance to Parm. Uh, I've been like four times at this point. It's delicious. Uh, one of the best meatball subs I've ever had. So I'm pretty excited about checking out that stand at Yankee Stadium. Nice. So yeah, I, I agree with a lot of things you said. Uh, definitely hit the bars beforehand. If you're going to go to uh, the Monument Park, I actually went to the last year. I went to went it again on the in, the in the new stadium. And here's a here's a pro tip that one of the the uh, employees was telling me about. So they have two lines. Once you get once you get in there, there's like a speed line that nobody knows about. And you can't even tell that it's there. The only way you know it's there is if like one of the ushers is like, "Hey, there's a speed line. You can go around all of these people." 
And one of the, the ladies who was working there was like, here, here's the speed line. I'm like, oh, awesome. I don't need to sit there and like stare at every single plaque. Like that's, I just don't need to do that. I don't think anybody really needs to do that. You can look at them and you can kind of butt in. You could be, just be that guy who kind of butts in from the speed line too, which I did. <laughs> but you could go around the, in the speed line. You could be in and out of there in like <clears throat> 15 minutes and it's awesome. But yeah, you should definitely see it go through and check out all the, all the plaques and stuff. So it's, it's definitely a cool thing to do. Um, the museum inside there, the line gets crazy long as well. You know, once before the game, so do that really early too if you're going to do it. Oh, you're talking about the museum on the first base side in the stadium? Yes. Yeah. Um, you could – I've I've actually done it in the middle of a game before. I've, like, the, the past few games I've been to, they the, the line was still really long. Oh, yeah. I've done it in like the fourth inning before, like 10 minutes. You know, you miss, you miss a few batters, but that's it. But yeah, but that's something cool too. You could see a bunch of memorabilia in there. Um, as far as the seats, honestly – I, to me, there's nothing better than sitting in the bleachers. I, I love sitting in the bleachers because one, you get a lot of just the kind of the hardcore fans. You get a lot. You get just a, to me a better experience, and that's absolutely where I would go if I were if I were uh, traveling. I would go and sit in the bleachers to get that the bleacher experience. Um, well, it's definitely cheapest. It's it's cheap. They're not cheap. Nothing's cheap anymore. But they used to be ten bucks. <laughs> well, they're, the, well, they're seventeen or sixteen or seventeen now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if you go on StubHub or anything like that, you're not you're not spending under 30, 40 bucks. Well, um, so the best seats, I think, uh, for the best value seats, I think, are the mid level, like mid outfield, because you got a pretty good view and they're not super expensive. But if you buy them on like Ticketmaster or well in advance on StubHub, you're spending 80 bucks, 90 bucks, which is way too much. But I've gone and I've actually gotten tickets like uh, the morning of a game in those areas for like 45 bucks, which I think is actually a pretty good deal for where the seat is. So yeah. so that's usually my go-to. And if I can't get them, then I I just, if I don't already have tickets, then I, I just watch the game somewhere. There you go. And then as far as to eat, I'm, I'm, I'm very traditional. I don't, I, I'm, dude, I, every time I go, I'm, I'm uh, peanuts and uh, Yankee Stadium hot dog. Get that's, your Cracker Jacks here. That's me. Peanuts and a dog and 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 some uh, some cold beer, so yeah. Now have a the other thing. Oh, check out go to bronxpitchers.com too and and look up um, off the field. One of our categories. It's in the Yankee Yankee articles and look up. Sue Banger has uh, a few articles that are like talking about Yankee Stadium and talking about the food vendors and a bunch of stuff about Yankee Stadium. So, we'll uh, I'll talk to her too and see if she can't write kind of a new one to definitely um, to help people out. But yeah, she's got some really good insight on a, a lot of the different food stuff at Yankee Stadium too. And so check that out. Also, go to section. What section is Brewski in? He floats now, man. But yeah, check out cousin Brewski. Hit me up if you're going to a game. Hit me on Twitter, and I'll 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 get in touch with Brewski and see where he is for the game that you're going to. Definitely, good question. Um, different question. So so that was definitely good to see. And if anybody has suggestions that we missed, uh, hit us up on Twitter, and we'll read them on next week's episode. Um, I think that might be it for Yankees talk. You got anything else on your mind? No, I'm ready. It's <laughs> just I'm ready. I know, please, right? <laughs> please. And now you're ready. I'm ready and now. And now too. you're ready. <laughs> which leads us into the next thing we're going to talk about, which is the fact that you are now ready for baseball. And it is baseball season for Andrew, too. Why? <clears throat> because the Patriots finally lost and they are done. The cheaters do not prosper. Oh, come on. They do not prosper. They are done. They lost. So not the only are you going to rub it in, old that man, they lost. Denver Bronco quarterback Peyton Manning crushes. Tom Brady, 
and embarrasses them. It's, so it's you're going to be one of those people that not only rub salt in my wounds for them losing, but you're also going to throw the cheaters thing on there? It's, I didn't make them cheat. It's not my fault. They're a bunch of cheaters. All right, I'm, they not, are. I'm not even addressing that. I'm not even. They're just a bunch that. of cheaters. I mean, it's calling a spade a spade. You know, I, give... I think I was actually. I pulled back. I was very nice and didn't talk a lot of shit to you on Twitter. You while should have. I don't know why you didn't. I would have talked shit to you if the Jets were in the situation and losing. Okay. Well, <laughs> next time I will be ruthless. I was. Uh, I was being. I, I, I guess I was being the nicer guy, which I shouldn't be. I don't know why I'm that nice guy. I shouldn't be that guy. Here's what. Yeah. Happened. It was. It was. Uh, it was actually a really good game. Um, and my kiss of death worked, which I'm really happy about. This was the, if you didn't listen to last, last week's, the end of it, if you're still listening, we're talking about football. I I picked the Patriots only because I really wanted them to lose. I didn't, I didn't want them to win. I just picked them because I thought maybe it would be a kiss of death and it worked. You done for now. (laughs) Here's what happened. The Patriots did not try in the last two weeks of the season against the Jets and against the Dolphins. Christ. And that allowed the Broncos to get the number one seed. I don't think the Patriots thought that was going to be an issue. They were thinking if they're healthy, they can go into Denver and win. Clearly they were wrong because going to Denver is really difficult. The altitude definitely plays a factor. You saw Gronkowski dehydrated and his muscles cramping. Um, Didn't happen to any of the Denver players because they're used to that atmosphere so i definitely think going to denver is unlike going to it's like unlike it's like that's a unique place to go seattle's a unique unique place to go because of the noise um you know i don't know maybe a couple other places but but denver is definitely one of them patriots did never play well in denver they didn't play well yesterday von miller i think he just sacked brady again uh guy was all over them all uh, the whole game they were getting pressure with four guys so that allowed um, they didn't have to blitz, so that allowed the, the guys to still be covered. Denver's defense won that game. I, I know you said old man Peyton Manning uh, won the game, but that's false. He didn't. He no, made... I said Denver and the old man Peyton Manning stepped on Brady's throat. He did. He threw two touchdowns to old man Owen Daniels. <laughs> I, like, mean, it was, it was... I was like, what year is this? It was beautiful. It was it was actually awesome to see. And, yes, the, the Denver pass rush – just was unstoppable. I mean, those two guys, I mean, they're, they're both pro bowlers. They're both filthy players. They just really hadn't put it together, I think, for a game. And you, they were highly motivated. It was very obvious. Yeah. And those, those two guys had, uh, you know, the best game of their, probably their career. That was, and, that was what won the game for them. Oh, no doubt. And, and Brady was not, not comfortable the entire game. Yeah. So he made, was, uh, so people are getting on Brady. I'm not saying he played well, he, but he played, he played a pretty good second half. Uh, especially to to get them in that touchdown late in the game. That throw to Gronk was ridiculous. That was a filthy throw. Yeah, on fourth. He was in double coverage on fourth and ten or whatever it was. It was a dime. I mean, you can't. Yeah. Um, But that throw, that interception in the first half to Von Miller to give them like a 12-yard field, you can't make that throw. Brady usually doesn't make that throw. I don't think he saw Von Miller. I think Von Miller actually deceived him because he because he pulled back. I don't think he saw Von Miller when he threw the ball. Yeah, or right before he threw it, or he had already decided he was going to throw it and didn't see him. Yeah, it was sort of like one of those things. He knew he was going to Gronk. He was trying to look off, and he just assumed Von Miller wouldn't be there or something. But right. that was a bad throw. That was the worst throw of the game. Um, but but I don't think any quarterback would have been able to handle that pass rush. I I don't know. I don't really care. All I know is that Tom Brady didn't. 
and they lost, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see, and I'm so happy for Peyton Manning, and I'm glad he's got his little swan song because he's going to retire after this, even if he doesn't win the Super Bowl, which I don't think he's going to, but he's going to, you know, this will be it for him. He went to the Super Bowl, had an opportunity to win another Super Bowl. What more could you ask for? So good for him. I'm glad Gaskowski missed that extra point because it kind of made him feel bad. But He didn't miss all season. I know that was so that was so perfect. Uh, yeah, so there were just a lot of really good things that happened in that game. The fact that you said things. that they didn't play their last two weeks is ridiculous because they if didn't. they didn't, if they didn't try, they wouldn't have played Tom Brady. Well, Bottom but line. Then how do you if explain you don't, running the ball sixteen out of the first twenty plays in that Miami? Game? If you don't care what happens in that last game and you're not trying, you're not playing Tom Brady. Why would you play Tom Brady at that point? Though? I understand Please that aspect that. of it, but. You can, it's, but if it's they just had a, played it's such Garoppolo, a fan thing to say. If they'd played Garoppolo, that would have been essentially throwing a game, and I think people would have gotten on them for that. Who, who gives a shit? They're the Patriots. They don't give a shit what anybody thinks. I don't know. I, I, I did not see them trying in that Miami game at all. And the, the Jets game that they, they somehow got to overtime, I still don't know how they got the game to overtime, they freaking kicked off in overtime. Well, that's not trying. That's just being stupid. <laughs> that's just being arrogant and dumb. They, they put health over home field, and they were wrong. I think they got too cocky. That's what happened. They got well, way too cocky. You can understand. I, I agreed with it at the time. I would rather have had Brady and all those guys healthy versus a home field advantage. I agree with that. Th- there's no agreeing or disagreeing because that's not what happened. That's where you're wrong. Yes, you're you're saying happened. agree to the fact that they didn't try, but you're not correct with that. You keep saying that like it's a fact. It is not a fact. That's Did you watch that Miami game in the last game of the season? It doesn't matter. If they're not trying, Tom Brady is not on the field. That's just No that's one else it. was on the there's, field. Gronk there's, there's, wasn't on the field. Edelman, Amendola wasn't on the field. Those guys were hurt, though. They were injured. So uh, even more reason to not play Brady if you're not going to try. So didn't to me, the whole like argument with the fact that Brady's out there makes no sense. Well, it didn't look like they really wanted to win the game or else they would have passed the ball a little bit more. Either way. They played in Denver. Denver played a, a very good game. Their defense was awesome. Peyton Manning was good enough. Um, and Yeah, he made yeah. a couple throws in the first half. But, I mean, they didn't move the ball in the second half. They scored three points. And I think on their last – I think I saw it on their last three drives, they had a, a total of negative three yards. That's great. They still won the game. They didn't have to apparently. So good for them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. They won uh, the game. The, the wounds are still fresh. Oh, it's awesome. I'm so happy about this. I'm just I didn't glad even really like watch. You're on to Yankee baseball now. I didn't even really watch the second game. It was on, but I wasn't paying attention. There is. Well, it doesn't matter. Nobody watched it because it was a blowout from the beginning. I called this one. I said Carolina was going to stomp yeah, them. Yeah, I actually was. I was not. I I picked Carolina, but I was like, oh, Arizona. They might have something there, but yeah, they got. They got I just curb stomped. There were there were two things that I was. Uh, I need to pat myself on the back because I. I had a feeling that they were going to just completely stomp them. And then, two, I had a feeling that they were never, the, the comeback that, they, that has happened a few times with Carolina was just going to be completely stopped. And it was. Like, they, for a second, you thought maybe, maybe uh, Carson Palmer had a, a comeback in him for a second. They, they scored, and then they got the ball back quickly. And then Carson Palmer threw an interception again. <laughs> and Carolina just. He got the ball back, and he was dropping back to pass, and he was like, wait, what's that? Oh, I was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. Let me throw a pick here. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it was a uh, it was just an ass whooping. The they've been just killing people for the past couple of weeks. Cam Newton is the most dominant, best player on the planet right now. The guy's playing out of his mind. You don't know what he's gonna do because now he can throw the ball to kill you. I mean, he's he's improved so much on the with the passing game, and he's not throwing to anybody either. He's got nobody there as help. Like Ted Ginn, okay. Greg Olson is a is a viable option, but there's nobody there. They're just a bunch of dudes, and he's doing it. Uh, on on his on his shoulder, he he truly is Superman this year. The guy's playing out of his mind. So I think uh, just going into the next thing, we're talking about the Super Bowl preview. I think Carolina's going to kick Denver's ass. <laughs> I agree, but maybe I pick Denver just to do the reverse jinx thing, like you did. Yeah, but that's not like a passion thing. Like you don't really do you really care who wins. Um, I don't really want Peyton Manning to win a, win the Super Bowl. Okay. He's not going to be touching Brady's numbers, so that I know it only gives but him it two. Gives, it gives fuel to the people who think that, that Peyton Manning is better than Tom Brady, and uh, I just don't want them to have this in their arsenal of of arguments. Okay, well, I, I you know I really I just want a good game. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Denver's defense is phenomenal. I think they're really good, but I think that the team and the offense that kind of matches up with them is this these guys. They have a lot of speed guys at wide receiver. They have a just a, a filthy tight end, and they have a guy who doesn't take many sacks. and And Cam Newton can one be elusive, two he can just you just can't. Or he's hard to tackle because he's bigger than you, and. He he just they also, proved that he's got too many damn weapons. They have a run game though. The Carolina has have a run, run game, so the Patriots had had no run game, so it allowed the Denver uh, defensive line to sell out with the rush. Off, They're yeah. not going to be able to do that against Carolina. Well, and also the run game is also consistent of their quarterback. So there's just right. so many things you have to think about now with him. And uh, I mean, if you give him a window, he's hitting it. He's been accurate. He's got a cannon. He's just been awesome, and I, I think Cam Newton is is like he sees this big stage, and he's ready to just he's ready to take it. The so. line opened at the Carolina uh, three points uh, uh, minus three, and it's already up to four and a half. People, I saw five pounding. and a half on ESPN. I thought I thought I saw five and a half. Oh, then it must be up to five and a half. People pounding the Panthers because uh, three is a pretty uh, low line for this matchup. <laughs> Yeah, and you know the good thing for Denver is that they got a couple of weeks for Peyton to. It's it's obviously the time has helped him. Uh, you know, sure he hasn't taken a lot of, of two big weeks, hits. Two weeks will definitely help him, and two weeks more will definitely he could sell out pretty much. And this is it. I mean, this is I don't see him possibly coming back next year. So I think this is it. He's going to put everything into the shot. So you know, maybe maybe I'm uh, I'm discounting that 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 kind of storyline and the and the, de- the determination of a retiring Peyton Manning who has nothing to lose at this point. So. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I just kind of hope it's a good game, but I could I could I wouldn't be surprised if Carolina. The better game would have been Carolina Patriots. No, I I'm just happy that the Patriots are. I don't have to look at them. <laughs> this is not going to be a good game. This is going to be super, two years ago when the Broncos lost by forty in the Super Bowl all over again. I don't think it's going to be. No one wants to see. That. I don't think it's going to be that big. Now, I know it's not going to be forty, but, but Carolina is rolling right now, so they're going to be tough to gun to, to my head. I would say. Carolina wins by like 17 points, 17 to 20 points. Okay. All right. So what's your projected score? I think it'll be like 20, 26 to nine. So what's that? Or 26 to eight or something weird like that. Eight? (laughs) Yeah. All right. I'm going 27, 14. All right. So about the same. Yeah. 
Well, we got two weeks to uh, to get excited for it. Um, and what we really should be getting excited for is Yankees pitchers and catchers reporting, which is coming up finally, and we can have something to talk about other than potential Brett Gardner trades, which I feel like we've beaten to death <laughs> this offseason. Um, yeah, Brett Gardner hates us. <clears throat> again, guys, definitely submit to the mailbag questions. Thanks to the um, guys who submitted today. Um, you can submit bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast, and you'll see the mailbag right there. Call the voicemail line. We're still going to be running that T-shirt contest before the uh, spring training ends. Um, we're going to be drawing a free T-shirt for somebody. And the number is 646-480-0342. Definitely give that a call. Um, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatever, if you have a question or, or a topic you want to hear us discuss. Uh, we definitely want to hear it. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees.